Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. We are less than 48 hours away from the 80th anniversary of Kristallnacht. Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass, where hundreds of synagogues across Germany were desecrated and burned to the ground, where thousands of Jews were beaten, murdered in the streets. We're less than 48 hours away from the commemoration of Kristallnacht. And what we saw in the last 24 hours is very reminiscent of what we're commemorating. Yesterday, a 60-odd-year-old man was murdered at a pro-Israel rally by pro-Hamas terrorists. People chanting, death to the Jews, people chanting from the river to the sea, calling for the extermination of Israel, came over to the man who was holding an Israeli flag and whacked him in the head with a megaphone. He fell to the ground, bleeding, and they walked away chanting from the river to the sea, kill the Jews. Only one woman wearing a, a fake Palestinian flag, bent down to see if he was okay. The man died, murdered. Murdered? Not because he was an Israel supporter, as it became pretty apparent later. Not because he did anything to provoke anybody, murdered in the streets because he was a Jew. Not long after the murder of Paul Kessler, a synagogue in Montreal was firebombed. And a Jewish community building was firebombed. Molotov cocktail thrown through the windows in an effort to burn down the synagogue, to burn down the community center. Kristallnacht is less than 48 hours away, commemorating the breaking of the windows of synagogues, of community centers, the burning of Jewish buildings. And we experienced our own little Kristallnacht with bombs being thrown into our Jewish buildings, with our Jews being killed on the streets, Jewish blood running down the street. It's also a month since the Nazi massacre of Jews in southern Israel. Exactly a month. 
and the world has forgotten about dead, decapitated babies, about butchered parents, about babies being baked in ovens in front of their parents, about babies being ripped out of pregnant women's stomachs and then beheaded. The world has forgotten about the barbarism, the Nazi-like attack on the Jews, totally forgotten. Now all we hear are those poor Gazan people, the poor Gazans who danced in the streets after the October 7th attack on Jews, the poor Gazans who danced on the streets after the 9-11 attack on New York City, those poor Gazans, the poor innocent Gazans, that's all we're hearing. That's all the media is echoing. Quoting Hamas as if they're, they're some kind of a, a news source. Believing everything a terrorist group tells them. And reporting it as if it's so-called hard fact. Israel became, as we predicted, we spoke about this, Israel became the bad guy in this whole thing. Israel became the aggressor. Suddenly it's Israel at fault. Because Jews are not allowed to defend themselves. Jews are not allowed to say, no, we will not be massacred again. No, we will not allow our synagogues to be burned down. No, we will not allow Jews to be killed in the streets. No. We're not going to take it anymore. The second a Jew gets his dander up, the second a Jew gets tough, the world turns against them. Like venomous snakes that they are. They turn against a Jew. And they say, no Jew, you can't fight back. The only Jew we've ever known, the only Jew we've ever seen is the dead Jew, is the downtrodden Jew, is the victimized Jew. We've never seen the strong Jew. We don't like the strong Jew. That's what the world is saying. And it's partly, it's partly our fault. As a community, it's partly the Jewish community's fault. Because we've never depicted ourselves as fighters. We've always depicted ourselves as victims. And that's the way the world likes to see us, as victims. We've always put down the fighters. Any fighter who's ever gotten up, we've always said, he's a radical. He doesn't represent the Jewish community. Down with him. Anytime a tough Jew got up and said, we have to fight for our rights, we have to fight for our people, he was always put down, always relegated to the side, always told he's the radical, shut up, put into jail, banned from running for politics. Excommunicated. Because we like the lambs, the, the, the soft Jew. The Jew who's a negotiator. The Jew who wants, who wants peace and, and, and love and tranquility. We don't need the warrior Jew. That's what we were told for decades. The warrior Jew is bad. We need the lamb. And now Jews are being killed in the streets. Synagogues are being bombed. Negotiation is not going to solve this problem. 
The Hamas Charter says so itself. It's right there in the Hamas Charter. There is no negotiation for this problem. The problem of Israel. There's no negotiation. The only answer to this problem is jihad. It's right there in their charter. But no, no, we must negotiate. We must call for a ceasefire. Jews all over the world are standing up and saying, we're calling for a ceasefire. Stop bombing the innocent Palestinians. Stop bombing the innocent Gazans. What? Israel gives Gazans 24-hour notice before they go into it, before they go in and bomb anything or before they go in and attack anything. Did the people in southern Israel who were massacred exactly a month ago, did they get 24 hours notice? Did they have a chance to walk down a humanitarian corridor? Was there any mercy shown to them? And the people of Gaza applauded. They handed out candies. They were so happy. And we have to be humanitarian? And we have to pause our attack on a Nazi regime so that what? They could rearm? They could regroup? Their leadership could give new orders? They could kill more Jews? What would the pause? What 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 would the pause cause? What would be the benefit of pausing? Hamas is stopping people from going down to humanitarian corridors. They're bombing them and they're they're shooting them. The world remains quiet. They remain silent. The same way they remain silent when Hamas bombs for seventeen years were landing on Israeli civilian heads. The world remained silent. Nobody cared about the civilians that were being hit by bombs. Nobody cared that Hamas, a democratically elected government, and I know it was a democratic election because Jimmy Carter was the one who observed it. A democratically elected government was launching bombs into a civilian population which I'm pretty sure goes against the Geneva Convention and all international law. You don't, don't quote me on that. I'm not an international lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that launching bombs into civilian populations is against, is against law. The same way I'm pretty sure that, that using humans as human shields is, is also against international law. But international law is funny. And if you read the Geneva Convention, it's even funnier. Because it specifically says that but, you know, nobody bought us to read anymore. Reading is a skill that we don't teach in schools anymore, apparently. But the Geneva Convention actually says, specifically says, that if an army or a militant group is hiding in civilian areas, then the places that they hide become legitimate military targets. Nobody points to that clause in the Geneva Convention. Nobody bothers. Because arguing that clause is pointless when hundreds of thousands of people are out on the street applauding and cheering and, and, and begging and, and pleading with the world for my and your annihilation. Nobody really cares about the Geneva Convention and what it actually says. Nobody really cares that the Jewish, Jewish state, Jewish people, are not going to put up with this anymore. The time for the 
for the for the dove, the time for the for the lefty peacenik Jew is over. It's time to fight back. And that's what Israel is doing. They're fighting back. And the world is not used to Jews fighting back. The world does not want Jews to fight back because there is no better foil in the world than the downtrodden Jew. There's no better trope in the world than the Jew who's begging for mercy. The Jew who's mourning their dead. The bodies of Jews being thrown into, into pits, into mass graves. The world, doesn't, the world loves to see that. That's the way the world wants to see the Jews. They want to see the Jews weak. And then they want to accuse the Jews of, of all these conspiracy theories, all these blood libels that they continuously con- accuse the Jews of. And, and, and the Nazi groups that, that commit these crimes against the Jewish people? Oh, they're only defending themselves, we're told. They're trying to achieve freedom from the open-air jail that they live in, we're told. This is, a, this is a fight for land, we're told. Really? Really? A fight for land? Freedom? This is a freedom fight? I've never, in history, I've never seen a freedom fight which involves putting babies into ovens and forcing parents to watch their baby bake in an oven. I've never seen a freedom fight where you cut the arms off an eight-year-old, you let her bleed to death. I've never seen a freedom fight where you rape, torture, and kill young ladies. I've never seen a freedom fight where you throw bombs into, you throw grenades into a bomb shelter where people are huddled, innocent human beings are huddled in order to maximize the killing of many of them. I've never seen a freedom fight where 220 civilians are taken hostage, including babies as young as three months. I've never seen a freedom fight like that. And if you're going to tell me this is a freedom fight, a fight for freedom, what are they trying to get free from? What what, what point are they trying to make? You see, the, the difference between a terrorist and a freedom fighter, and and this is a distinction I always made when I whenever I taught a course on uh, on, on on politics or on um, on on conflict. I always make a distinction between terrorists and freedom fighters. And I always ask the um, I always ask my students to define write a definition. What is a freedom fighter and what is a terrorist? And and the answers are always fascinating because the answers are never never accurate, that's for sure. The answers I always get are something like uh, a freedom fighter is somebody who fights for their freedom and a terrorist is only a terrorist when they're fighting against you. This is usually the answer I'm getting. I get. They're usually a terrorist when they're fighting against you, but they're freedom fighters when they're fighting for their cause. And while that is a well-thought-out Western media answer and it's, it's not accurate at all, 
That's the general perception of the difference between a freedom fighter and a terrorist. They're the same thing, but they're justified. A freedom fighter is justified. He's a justified terrorist. And that's not true at all. My, my definition of the two are quite simple. It's a very, very simple definition. A freedom fighter is fighting for the freedom of their oppressors. They're fighting against their oppressors. And the only way to launch a fight against your oppressors is to attack their military and their political leadership. So I would never call an attack on military or on a politician a, a terror attack, because that would be labeling it wrong. A terrorist only attacks civilians. So anytime somebody attacks civilians with the intention to kill a civilian with a political motive, that is a terror attack. And so the difference between a terrorist and a freedom fighter, a freedom fighter fights for a political purpose against a military. A terrorist has a political purpose and murders innocent civilians in order to try to achieve their goal. That's the difference. So the people who attacked Southern Israel a month ago are not freedom fighters. They're terrorists. The person or people who attacked the synagogue and threw a Molotov cocktail in the synagogue is a terrorist, not a freedom fighter. A person who whacked a Jew in the head with a megaphone during a rally is a terrorist, not a freedom fighter. And the people calling for Palestine to be free from the river to the sea are calling for the annihilation of all Jews who live in between. And they're terrorists too. It's time to use words properly. It's time to understand that words matter. And the verbology we use matters. We have to speak properly. We have to speak clearly. We can't no longer mince our words. Thank God the, 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 pop, the general population came out and condemned the attack on the synagogue. Thank God the general population came out and condemned strongly the attack on a Jewish guy at a rally. But it's too little, too late. And now Jews all over North America are in danger. Democratic governments have to uphold the idea of freedom of speech. But they also have to realize that incitement of hate and the advocacy of the destruction of a full people must be stopped at all costs. We can't stand behind the banner of, of freedom of speech when people are standing on the street and chanting, kill the Jews. When people are standing on the street and chanting, gas the Jews. When people are standing on the street and calling for the annihilation of 9 million people, and then the continued annihilation of another 15 million. That's not acceptable speech. And I, I, I'm a big, big supporter of freedom of speech. I come on here, I say what I want, and I, 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 I really believe in freedom of speech. A strong believer 
in freedom of speech. But I also believe that with every freedom we have, as in everything else in a democracy, there has to be rules, there has to be a box. And, and stepping outside of that box, there has to be a consequence. So the thousands and hundreds of thousands of people are standing in the street and yelling, die Jew, die. Murder the Jew, gas the Jew, kill the Jew. There has to be a consequence. They can't be allowed to continue calling for the destruction of the Jewish people. They can't be allowed to do that. We must stand against it. We must stand strongly against it. Let your voice be heard. Don't be quiet. The time for being a quiet lamb is gone. The old adage that the more we speak, the more problems we cause to ourselves is a long forgotten and should be forgotten adage. It's time to speak up. Be proud you're a Jew. I heard there are a whole bunch of people who are taking their mezuzahs off their doors. Don't do that. The mezuzah is the only thing in this world that will protect you. Don't be afraid. Be proud. Fear and showing fear and being afraid is exactly what they want. They want to instill terror in every Jew around the world. They want every Jew to tremble in their boots. We can't give them the satisfaction. We can't sit back and say, oh no, they're coming for us again. Let's take out our bats, take out our guns, take out our whatever weapons we have. We must fight back and fight hard and fight strong. And if we do, we will defeat this enemy. If we do, we will kill this enemy. We will destroy this enemy. Will we ever eradicate Jew hatred in the entire world? Never. What we could do is we could protect ourselves. We could protect our families. We could protect our communities. We could protect our buildings. We could protect our way of life. Thank God we have Israel. Thank God we have Israel.